Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Thank you, Anne. As we are in the season of Epiphany, the season of stars and signs, I will declare that I am blaming Mercury Retrograde for the fact that my iPad was not charged when I came in this morning. Not myself. It's not because I left my charger at home. This past week, I was invited on Monday morning, the bright hour of 8.30 a.m., to attend the Calgary Christian Secondary School and speak to a math and science class about the United Church of Canada. And this was an invitation that was extended to me for one very specific reason. I am clergy, and I am also a woman. Surprise! This class was made up of primarily evangelical Christians, denominations ranging from Baptist to CRC to non-denominational, and it is safe to say that our theology is not what is most familiar to the students. And when I received the invitation, which was really an invitation to talk about who I am, a little bit of my story, who the United Church of Canada is, a little bit about our story, and then the specifics, my personal doctrine of creation and scripture and sin and salvation and heaven and H-E double hockey sticks, I was filled with anxiety. (laughs) 16-year-old girls will still do that to me. But this week, in particular, this class was having an interdenominational week. So they were hearing from me, the United Church of Canada. They were hearing from a Catholic priest. They were hearing from a Baptist pastor. And they were hearing from a non-denominational pastor. And I was so, so glad to receive this invitation. I said yes immediately. That's a lie. I said no for a month. I said yes after a month, after a lot of conversations with John and others, because it really is a fabulous opportunity to be in conversation about something that we actually have relatively common language for, that we understand, or that we practice in several different ways. What a beautiful opportunity for these students. As it turns out, My greatest fear that some of the students in this class have heard about our greatest controversies um, did not come to fruition. In fact, not one single student in the United Church or in this classroom had heard of the United Church of Canada, which has now become my second greatest fear (laughs) because I think this is a bit of a marketing crisis, but that's okay. I was gifted the absolute privilege and honor of showing and sharing our rich and diverse history in this denomination in such a way that my own eyes returned to the reasons that I am here. And at the end of the class, I extended one very simple invitation to all of the students. Come and see. So I wonder this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to answer a question for yourself. What was the last invitation that you received or the last invitation you extended. And I'm going to give you a minute just to chat that through with the people who are around you. Introduce yourself first if you don't know them. What was the last invitation you received? 
and what was the last invitation you extended? Go for it. Have a convo. Thank you, everyone, for engaging. Some of you, I know it took a moment to come up with something. Some of you, those invitations or those extended invitations brought a lot of memories, brought some pain, brought some joy. So thank you for being vulnerable with one another and sharing those. So our passage this morning, in a way, is the same story that we heard last week, told instead over the course of a couple of days by a different author and through the eyes of the evangelist John the Baptist. 
So last week we heard about Jesus showing up at the Jordan to be baptized by his cousin John after a bit of an I'm not worthy conversation. The baptism took place, the heavens opened, a dove descended upon Jesus and a voice said, this is my son, the beloved, with who I am well pleased. And I invited us into a practice over the season of Epiphany of reconstructing our faith, our relationships, our lives through undertaking the search for God at work in all of the unraveling places in our lives. What can we see even here in the depths of the river, the deconstruction of our faith, the grief, the doubt? What can we see right here? This week, the theme of what we can see continues. And it will continue throughout this entire season. This is the season of revealing, remember. What can we find if we pay attention? But this week is a little different. We get an extra step. John tells us he knew he was in the presence of the Son of God because he witnesses sees. He witnesses the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. And John says, I myself have seen. There's a, I was going to call it old-fashioned, but that's going to sound silly. There's an old millennial social media prompt that I am still guilty of inflicting on myself and others still to this day in the year of our Lord, 2023, and that is pics or it didn't happen. As in, send me a picture of this thing you are talking about. Otherwise, I will not believe you. Gen Z calls it receipts. It's not photos we want anymore. It's actual proof of the conversation. Where is the screenshot that tells me you got ghosted after five months of goodnight babes? We want to see it. We want the proof. The problem with this proof-based or receipt-based culture however, is that we in it lose our own experience of the story. Either we become so busy documenting our experience for other people to have secondhand that we miss experiencing it ourselves. The number of concerts we go to, and it's just phones. You're never going to watch that again. It's just phones. You're missing the whole thing. Or we receive the proof of someone else's living without the fullness of their experience. It's this curated snapshot. It's often free of the tears that accompanied it, or the blemishes, the discomfort, the multiple takes, or the joy, the elation. It's still only two-dimensional. No matter how you look at it, the act of presenting your experience to somebody else does not compare to having that encounter with another person or to having them encounter it with you. So I posted this image on my Instagram. Cameron is going to pull it up for me. After my talk at the Calgary Christian School, and if you're anything like the handful of people that commented on it, it might evoke a sense of nostalgia or what I like to call cafeteria dread, depending on what your high school experience was. But here's what you can't experience because you weren't there. You can't experience the slight vibration of my laptop as it sat on my lap and my legs shook because I was nervous. 
You can't hear the audible sigh from the back row because 16-year-old boys. You can't smell the muddy shoes on old linoleum. You can't see the binder sticker that says Jesus saves beside the Taylor Swift number 13. You can't pick up the phone call on the drive I was making there saying, why did I say yes to this? You can't see me struggle to get the neon green click pen to work when I had to sign in at the office or hear me ask what time it was when I had to check out at the office. And you can't see the one face of the student in the corner that looked like they heard good news. You can't see that. You can see something. And I can tell you something. But you haven't experienced it. And this is problematic because we profess to be an Easter people, a people who can testify to, who can give witness to resurrection. But for many of us, all we have is the receipt. And this is what we hear. The receipt is what we hear. And our faith is not something that can live in our mind alone. This story is meant to be heard. And then it is meant to be experienced. Our passage says the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And as he, walked Jesus, as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. And they came and they saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. John has seen the Christ in his midst, has witnessed with his own eyes the Spirit of God descending and cannot help but point to others. Look, he says, here is the Lamb of God. And John's disciples heard him. We need people in our lives who point out the things we might otherwise miss. The child who says, look, and points down to the ground at a beautiful flower or a beautiful bug. The friend who sends a text message of absolute care, saying, I saw how they spoke to you. Are you okay? The parent who says, look, look at all the choices in front of you, even though this one didn't work out. The stranger that tells you, that was great. You look great. You did great. You're doing great. These testimonies of attention are sacred gifts. And so too are we called to invite people to look when we see something that astonishes or awakens us. And this is only part of our call. We hear the story and we must then encounter the story. When we were in worship planning, talking through this passage, Doug mentioned a story that came to his mind from Anthony DeMello's The Song of the Bird. Anthony DeMello is a prolific writer and a Jesuit um, priest. 
And the story goes like this. This is a quote. The explorer returned to his people who were eager to know about the Amazon. But how could he ever put into words the feelings that flooded his heart when he saw exotic flowers and heard the night sounds of the forest, when he sensed the danger of wild beasts or paddled his canoe over treacherous rapids? He said, come and find out for yourselves. And to guide them, he drew a map of the river. And they pounced upon the map. They framed it in their town hall. They made copies of it for themselves. And all who had a copy of it for themselves considered themselves an expert on the river. For did they not know its every turn and bend? How broad it was. How deep where the rapids were and where the falls. But it is said that the Buddha obdurately refused to be drawn into talking about God. He was probably familiar, Anthony writes. The Buddha was probably familiar with the dangers of drawing maps for armchair explorers. We are called to hear the cry of testimony around us, to see the maps of other people's experience of this book as beautiful and wise to teach us things, to like all the pics or it didn't happen posts, to treasure the things we can learn from people who encounter life differently than we do. We need to hear those stories. But what do we do with it? That's how our faith walks. We do not see things so that we remain the same. We see so that we may be changed. The disciples heard John and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said back, Rabbi, where are you staying? Jesus said to them, come and see. And they came and saw. The stories we hear and the things we are shown are an invitation to a life lived in a different way. A life lived in a way that sets us up for our own encounters of a holy kind. If we have the courage to move into the experience of them. How does what I've seen change me? Will I allow it to change me? How might it change the world? Is the map I have been given one I will dare to follow? Are the pictures I'm being shown places I want to venture? Are the conversations I'm witnessing ones I want to avoid? And why engage in and why? Do I dare serve the stranger? And if so, what do I experience? If I endeavor a new spiritual practice, what do I experience? If I forgive the one that wronged me, what do I experience? If I love without walls, what am I experiencing? If I sing praise, even in my sorrow, do I notice what I am experiencing. Because we know the power of being shown, of being told. 
but to encounter that power for ourselves is where our faith comes alive. The good news is not good because we have just heard it. We hear these words as John says over and over, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are set free. And sometimes we believe them, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we hear them for years and they never resonate. We hear things and that's important. But they change things when we truly encounter them. I read an article yesterday about a woman who posted a hiking video on TikTok uh, and she was um, crediting a hot water bottle. Um, she was saying that it got her through her really cold weather hike and she credited it to uh, being made in Wales, England. That's what she said, it was made in Wales, England. And the internet <laughs> had quite a, quite a stir at her geographical guffaw because Wales is its own country, it is not in England. And the video went completely viral. And in response to this video, the Welsh First Minister, Mark Drakeford, extended an invitation. The creator said the trip is now being organized to learn all about Welsh sovereignty, the language, their devolution, their efforts in language revitalization, their countryside and their landscape. And she said, they have asked me to come and see it all for myself. So she's going for 11 days next month. Remember that in our Easter story, the disciples did not only hear the words, he is not here, he is risen. That is not where our story ends. When our love for something is so great, we can't help but share it with others. Or when we open ourselves up to experiencing the world through love of others, the love of Christ for us, the world changes. This is what it means to be a kingdom people, to build a community of love despite the destruction or the pain or the loss or the war or the famine or the addiction, despite the risk of being hurt, despite the doubt, all of it, all of our battles. This is what it means to be a community of love, despite all of that. It means we not only read the invitation, but we embark on the journey to come and see. He is not here, he is risen. An angel of the Lord appeared to them at the mouth of the tomb and then said, come and see the place where he lay. So this week, I invite you to have the courage to go and see for yourself and then have the courage, that part never goes away, to invite others into the story because this is the place and they came and saw. This is the place that resurrection happens. May it be so. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.